Welcome to another edition of Father Time. Uh, we have a fantastic one today. I'm joined as always by my uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Andy Lerner. How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going well. Right, that's enough out of you. Our guest today, uh, I've known you for a few years. We, we worked on a project uh, a couple years ago um, that did not get picked up. We'll talk about that at some point. But you are known mostly as a crazy daredevil motorcycle rider from the Nitro Circus. Please welcome my guest today, Mr. Andy Bell. Andy Bell. Woo! Thank you for having me up here, guys. Thanks Look for you. coming, man. All big time and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's real big time. We're, we're blowing up. Welcome to the big league. <laughs> Welcome to a fold-out table with a, with a blanket on it. That's I'm feeling all. it. Do you usually wear that unicorn helmet when you're is, uh, podcasting? Is podcasting dangerous? It's, it can is this be. dangerous shit? This is, uh, maybe you have no idea where we're going to take you. Andy. Oh, yes. Is, is the unicorn helmet that has, oh, it, that, We need a picture of that for the posting. Um, well, that's what do we'll this. do for the picture. Uh, that's my the daughter. My daughter has a unicorn that. fetish going on right now. She's pretty excited about it. Um, we worked on a project for History Channel. Yes. It was you, me, comedian John Heffron, and we, uh, it was called Man Up America. Man Up America. And we went and you killed the turkey. Only because you and John. I was a baby. I'm not, I were not total babies. I, and I didn't want to do it. I actually had stress about it. But having to slit a turkey's throat um in the most humane way yeah it was actually an organic turkey farm where they had free range turkeys they had an entire way to do this yeah it's humanely it's it, it, was, it was yes it was killed humanely very but i had to do the killing which i'm not no. i'm canadian i'm no. not really much of a killer let's let's get to that point so you are most <laughs> known as uh the crazy nitro circus guy I, yeah, for some reason that definitely runs, uh, kind of just follows me. I spent a lot of years, my very good friend, Travis Pastrana, myself, a few other crazy, uh, old friends. And we did Nitro Circus. We did it for a long time before it hit MTV. And then Jeff Tremaine and Johnny Knoxville saw one of our old DVDs and said, Hey, we want to do a show with you guys in 2008. And we did a couple seasons on MTV and... Let's talk we about how you got into it. So you were just a, we were just a crazy motorcycle. You're from Canada. Yeah, I'm from Canada. I was a professional motocross racer for many, many years. And then I wasn't that good, though. But, you know, I was professional. It just wasn't that good. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so you're a professional. Do you, do you tour and just go on? Yeah. I mean, let's, like you're could, a professional race car driver? We, yeah. We could liken my motocross career to your comedy career. Like, you know, good. You were, oh, you were way this, more successful. It's not this kind. Of, it's not that kind of show. It's the exact same kind of show. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I was good, but I just wasn't the best. And I could make a living, but not a great living. I would have probably made a better living working at Subway. But was this kind of the origins of it? Because now it's it's crazy what those guys are doing. Yeah, it, it just like the freestyle motocross movement where you were doing backflips and tricks and all that stuff just kind of came around in the mid-90s. And I just happened to be a professional racer that hated training and like drinking beer and chasing girls when I was young. And that doesn't really mix with being a professional motocross Were people racer. taking it really seriously? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a huge sport. It just... But I you were kind of at, at the forefront of that sport. Yeah. the free, Well, when, I switched when, to the freestyle part, which is the trick from racing. And the freestyle part, I was. And we had fun. I mean, you know, it was basically... I'm a show-off. Right. I mean, you know me enough to know that I'm yeah. a show-off. So it's like, hey, you could get paid... To go show off for a few minutes in front of a bunch of people and do jumps, I'm like, pay me, <laughs> yes. Were you? Was that the? I'm always amazed at the first person who flipped a motorcycle. Carrie Hart. He's the first Carey guy Hart. to do it. Yeah. Like everyone was doing crazy um, Supermans and yep. and kickouts and whatever. I'm, I'm impressed you knew it was Carrie Hart. That's, that's I didn't good. know it was Carrie Hart. No, oh, I, I okay. I'm in, when I'm he says Carrie Hart, I think these... of Corey Hart's uh, right. sunglasses, sunglasses at, at night. night. Yeah. But Car I didn't know it was Carrie Hart. Carrie Hart that's married to Pink. Is he the first guy to flip it? I yep. didn't. This is great. How do you think you pull Pink? Uh, you didn't you, do it doing Superman. That's how you get Pink. <laughs> uh, you. It's. We have so many comics and actors on this show that to talk to somebody who's in this crazy lifestyle. That I. I had a motorcycle for one year in college, uh, a Kawasaki 440 LTD that I almost got killed on, and I was like, yeah, it's probably the end of my motorcycle career. Probably a good thing because yeah. people that don't 
ride and then they get on a motorcycle don't realize what they do especially like crotch, crotch rockets and stuff i mean they get they killed go, all the time yeah because you know you you think because it can go 190 miles an hour in fourth gear you should go 190 <laughs> miles an hour in fourth gear yeah. they don't get the part like hey you got to figure out how to turn it and slow it down or someone jumps out in front of you or a car right. pulls out because people don't see motorcycles so they're dangerous i hate riding on the street and i've was professional for 20 years and I still stress. What's well, because you're, it's not your skills. It's the person in the car next to you who's texting, texting. and eating a burger from, bur- from doing their makeup yeah, or yeah, yeah. some stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's go back. We'll get into the origins of it all. So you grew up in Canada. Yes. British Columbia, Canada, about, Hour and a half north of the I just heard the washes. Aboot. Did you hear oh. it? Did it come oh, out? It popped out. You betcha. That came out there. Oh, yeah. Just get me around my friends and a few Canadian beers, and it really comes out. <laughs> um, were you always... I mean, how, many, uh, how many siblings? I have one younger brother. He's like five years younger. Okay. And he is the exact opposite of me. So he's ugly and dumb yeah. and has no friends yeah, and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the exact opposite of me, though. And in high school, I kind of wasn't the best student and so when he entered high school just as i left teachers are like bell you don't know that andrew bell guy and then he's like nope never heard of him he really (laughs) he totally did oh yeah he didn't want to be associated to me he probably he probably got no my name's pronounced beal yeah i'm not bell that's beal he just changed the l to an a um what were your parents like as a when you were growing up you know what? I had it lucky. They owned a travel magazine about Alaska. So I spent wow. my entire, so it was their own business. I spent my entire youth, well, they still do it to this day, of spending, you know, June till September in Alaska in a trailer or an RV traveling around all the little nooks and crannies and taking my dad would take the pictures, sell the advertising, write the stories, and then from September till the next June was like publishing it and all the stuff that went with that. And then we'd do it again. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so re- Cause Andy's a big photographer. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, nice. And I was Alaska, Alaska just for the first time yeah. last year. Really? It's unbelievable. What's the magazine? It, it was called Bell's Alaska travel guide, you know, real original name. <laughs> now he would have, a. does he have a website now? Yeah, they have a website and they have like the book is like on the website and all this stuff. And it's kind of changed before it was like a 450 page, like guidebook. Now it's, like four different, like those map books, like yeah. the free map books that you pick up. And who so would think you could do that though? Like, as a person to go, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tour Alaska, shoot pictures, and kind of make it into a guy. Where where yeah. did he come from? That that was what he did. His for a dad living? did it for a living. His dad. <laughs> he, had he was a, born into it. He was born into it. His dad had a travel magazine, and his mom lived on a highway lodge in northern British Columbia, and they just kind of loved the northern lifestyle and traveling. So I grew up in a, I'm total trailer trash. Grew up in a trailer traveling around. How far back does that go? I think to my dad, just my grandpa, you know, but you know, that's in the 60s. It's in the 60s. That's so crazy. And so yeah. even in the 60s, he was the guy just going, I'm going to get in my trailer. His, well, his father must have been like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think, well, he used to be in, like, a van. Like, yeah. uh, back then, I think they had, like... Those... And he specifically chose Alaska as, yeah. like, eh. Well, you could do the other side. You could do over by Toronto or... No, it was, uh, yeah, Quebec, it was Yukon, and... Northern no. British Columbia, Yukon, Alaska. Because it was, it's always been kind of a tourist a place that people wanted Alaska, to go. Alaska, yeah, yeah. And so, people need guidebooks. So, I grew up in that with my, you know, just traveling and... You know, I started doing desktop publishing for them when computers came around in, like, the early 90s. Yeah. And then sold advertising for him, like, Could knocking he, on doors. Was he, I mean, I just don't, can he make a lot of money? <laughs> no, money? it's not, it's, but it gives them a Enough? nice living. It gives it them a nice really? living, and they try, they how make. Did they, the, how did your grandfather sell them? What, by, was it a book in bookstores? Yeah, it was a book in bookstores, mag, like, certain magazine racks and all that kind and of so stuff. And so it had and, a publisher, and it just. Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally hard. different, yeah. Isn't it I mean, crazy when you look back and you go, because he made that up. Like his father, your grandfather made that up and goes, yeah. here's what I'm going to do for a living. Hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Kind and there a was a big adventurer. There was really only like two. There was, there still is basically two guidebooks about Alaska. Like my parents. And, and it's then the bells. There's the bells and the milepost. And the milepost was bigger. So we were always like the little guy. So I'd be bells like knocking kind of the on doors. Name. 
for yeah. it. Yeah, maybe that's why he goes, I got this name, Bell. It's got to be something that would work with it. Yeah. Because Kaler's, Kaler's Guide to Alaska wouldn't, that doesn't work. No, but is, yeah. is it like a TripAdvisor thing where it's he rate the stuff? Or? No, it's more ad driven. Um, you know, where they, you know, people, he sells it. That, that's how the book makes money is people buy ads. So stuff, as he know? went around Alaska, he goes, look, uh, there's two diners. There's one across the street. And uh, which one of you two wants to be in my book? Basically. And he goes, uh, the highest bidder gets in the book. Basically. I mean, you know, he would and sell. Probably be extra. not as big a shark as that. No, no, no but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, or he may have both. And you know what? Because it wasn't like really a favoritism, like there's only one or the other. There might be both. Or there may be two ads side by side. You could go to Betsy's or you could go to Gertie's. Like, you know. I would never eat at Gertie's. There was a place called Diamond Tooth Gertie's in <laughs> Dawson City, which is like the old like vaudeville review right. kind of like. So you might want to eat at Gertie's. So if you're you there. were as a kid, little kid, you were in the trailer driving around Alaska every summer. Every summer. Did you go to the same route or? Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, there's a, only re- really like a couple of major yeah. roads up there. I I had an old girlfriend who was from Juneau. Ah. Which she always say they would go to the end of the road because there's no way to drive to Juno. Yeah, you have to boat or fly. You have to boat or fly in or something. And so she would she went to high school there and she did not love June. She didn't lo- love Alaska. Yeah, it'd be a tough place. I mean, it is dark all winter. Yeah. Like dark, dark. Yeah. You don't see the sun for a long time. We we've filmed something up in Alaska two years ago where we drove to the end of the road north. Mm-hmm. The furthest north place you can drive in the western hemisphere. It's called Dead Horse. And the day we got there, on the day so we got there, got like name, huh? basically, we were like the beginning of November when we got there, and it was the last day they were going to see the sun for like three and a half or four months. It's and like the beginning was, of a horror film. Yeah, thirty days, thirty days of night or whatever, where the vampires all it, show up. It really was. I mean, there was that day. There was like one hour of sunlight, and the sunlight, like the the just sun, the just sliver. peaks up just yeah, a yeah, sliver. Yeah. The other side of that is in the summer. I was there in July, August, twenty four hours. It was, it was like. Uh, well, I was in Seward. The sun went down at like 10, 30, right. or 11 o'clock at night. You would think vampires would seek that area out. And then in the other part of the year, they should go to the Antarctic. And that, that way they wouldn't have to like sleep 12 there hours There could be night. like a migratory vampire. They, Maybe they do. A coffin train. <laughs> Maybe love, they do. You know the dude was riding the horse north, and the horse finally died. And he was like, well, this is, that's, the, that's his dead it. horse. That's, dead, that's dead horse. That's where it's... Or, Everyone's horse died. Everyone's horse died. They go, we're going back. Well, it's actually the furthest you can go. Like the Arctic Ocean is there. Is it right on the coast? Yeah, it's right there. It's I've the never end been of the, road. the only state I've never been to. Right. Well, it's and halfway it's halfway between approach. the North Pole and Dead Horse is it's a five hundred mile road that's pretty hellish. And there's a place called Coldfoot. Is like the only there's one little lodge <laughs> it's called Coldfoot, and you know they're real inventive with their names up there so <laughs> well, at that point you're just like what should we call this fuck my computer cold that's the end of it so it was your parents and your brother yeah and you were in a in a trailer yeah. and every summer you'd Cruiser. be like see you later we're going off and in the winter what did they do for a living well they Publish would put and... to, yeah they would put it together and you know pre-computers it was like cut and paste 450 pages and get it all ready and then we'd usually go to Somewhere like Mexico or something, drive you would to. Know. Well, we would drive because we drove everywhere, right. and so they took they took me out of school in the fourth grade and the ninth grade, and we just traveled for like the whole year. Did homeschool, just traveled, lived on the beach in Cabo for three months, and like in nineteen eighty four, and in nineteen eighty nine, did it again. So yeah, just like was fun your, travel. Did, like what was homeschooling like with your? Were they was it strict? Or were they sat sit down and do your lessons? Or like ah, let's go to the beach. Uh, I just, well, they basically said, look, the faster you do your homework and get your school done, like you have 12, like eight months or nine months of school to do, right. the faster you do it, the more time you don't have to do shit. And so I got it done in like four months and I just like crashed down and then rode my like little dirt bike around and my BMX bike for the rest of the year. That's really cool. So only you were- time I ever got straight A's by the way. And it wasn't cause they helped me. Just, well, they did grade you. It's your parents. No, no, you have grade. to send it in. Oh, you do. You send lessons in. It just, I don't know. I get, I got bored at school. I was a terrible, terrible school person. Why? ADD. Do you have ADD? Totally. And you don't get good. it. You're not like a motocross kind of like that type of guy
you want to be you like sitting on something that's like revving and yeah moving. just doing something yeah, it's yeah, di- yeah. it's difficult to sit like as saying earlier like i can't watch tv i can't watch movies my wife's like come on let's go to movies i'm like that is my version of hell is sitting watching sitting still for two hours that's so crazy to me. I'm the opposite. I like to lay absolutely still. Oh, man. That seriously, <laughs> it's like, it gives me stress thinking about that. So as a kid, they couldn't keep you, like you would be like, even like driving in the car for so long, you'd be like, I got to get out of this thing. I would, we would go skiing in the morning, dirt biking in the afternoon, go play like, I don't know, racquetball or some crap in the evening. And then I'd be like, what are we going to do next? And it's like, calm down, kid. Like, Where did the love of motorcycles, did, what, did, you, uh, did your dad ride? He didn't really ride, no. I think I saw, I saw an ad for Supercross on TV when I was 12. And I was like, that looks cool. I, I like, dirt bikes are cool. Oh, no. I saw that right about the same time as in BMX Plus. There was a guy that rode an RM80 in a half pipe. And I still got to look up, and he was a black dude. And he rode like a little dirt bike in a BMX half pipe, and mm-hmm. they featured him in BMX Plus. And I was just so enamored with this like shiny yellow motorcycle. BMX Plus is a, is a magazine? But yeah, it was BMX Magazine. That's so and, funny. And I was like, I didn't even know motorcycles really existed. And then my dad got some crappy little Suzuki like road bike to. So he was pretty commute. cool to get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he, dad, he, he, he was awesome. So that's cool to hear. So he was just like, hey, whatever you want to do, man. Was, yeah. he, was he overprotective or what, to the opposite Not, extreme of like, yeah, just make sure you get home by seven? Uh, probably more to that side. Yeah. I think it wasn't until I be, turned professional and when I started racing and then I turned professional at like 15 and racing. And then as soon as I turned 16, I started partying a little bit. And he got, and he was always like sponsoring me and like, you know, buying me new stuff, even though he didn't have any money, but somehow he figured out how to like get me a new bike once a year or whatever and new gear. And then when I turned 16 and got a girlfriend, discovered beer and all the other things that come the Molson along with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the, the Molson Molsons. Berdors. Those oh, are, you those betcha. Are those are ripped. <laughs> I've been up there. You can get hammered on that oh, stuff. Right hammered. Right hammered. <laughs> 10 penny ale. Yeah, but then my dad just decided, hey, if you're not going to take this seriously, you're way too fast. You're going to get hurt. And he's like, I'm out. Really? Yeah. He's okay. like, I'm not supporting your riding anymore if you don't take it serious. Sounds like a pretty cool dad. He was cool. Yeah, did he's they, awesome. Were they like, did they drink? or? Yeah, they drank. They, they drank. Yeah, they were. My mom wasn't a big drinker, but my dad drank a lot yeah. of beer, which I think I... You inherited. Like, I inherited a little bit good. of my love of beer. What was your mom like? Was she doting? Very or? conservative. Very doting. But great. Like, not conservative in the way, like, you know, I was running around at the beach, like, jumping off cliffs and stuff. Right. And she'd be like, you be careful. You be careful <laughs> you be over careful. there. be careful. Now that I have kids, I have a whole new level of respect for what my parents, I put my parents through. You must have been, yeah. I was hell. I was in the hospital with broken bones all the time. Oh, you were? Even as a kid? Not as a young kid. It didn't really start till like 15, but at like 15, I started smashing myself. How did you go? <laughs> how did you go professional at 15? And what does professional mean? Were you like touring the country and racing? Yeah, touring around, touring the country, racing. Um, you know, you. Did you get, have a sponsor? How yeah, did you get, get discovered to do that? It's. It's so. I'm so it, In motocross, it's. You just win races. You show up at a race and you sign up. Yeah, you sign up and then you, yeah, you, and then your if you win. Here's your entrance fee. Yeah, you pay your entrance fee. If you win, you get, once you turn, before you're, before you're in the expert class or uh-huh. pro class, you get trophies. And when you're there, you get cash, which is the difference between. Were you winning yeah, tournaments you left and right? I, I won quite a bit. I wasn't the best, but I was pretty damn Who good. Who was the best? Um, God, back then. Who do you even do? You guys, yeah. Some other guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's names that no one's ever heard Canadian of. Was it guys, or were you also going to the U.S.? There was, I was started going to the U.S. You were 15 in, and 16 15 years old. 15 and 16, And you yeah. were by yourself. Well, at 16, my dad my dad would take me to the big races still at 16, because he didn't pull out until I was like 16 and a half, probably. And then I had a mechanic, and my mechanic and I would like drive to California for big races and I stuff. had a mechanic. Yeah. How many 16-year-olds have a mechanic, Andy? <laughs> this well, one in, in, in motocross, you'd be surprised now. There's like 10-year-olds with mechanics. Like, now. It's a, it's a weird... But you guys were kind of at the forefront. Were, I mean, was the, was It the... wasn't as big as it was now. Now it's huge. I mean, they're like parents 
put their whole life into kids becoming it's kind of like hockey and yes you know like people but mortgage it's every everything it's, a, it's every sport they start so young and it's so crazy and i'm so against it their career's over by 14 at this at right this well time. they burn them out burn them and out. i mean i it, it makes me sick because yeah. you know my dad started getting kind of on my ass when i was like 16 17 he's like you're good you should you need to do this i'm like that's your that might be your dream for me to be the best in the world I want to be like pretty good and drink a lot of beer. That's, that was always my mentality. <laughs> the problem is with being the best, it's a full-time job. It's a it's beyond full-time job and in any professional sport, be it right. soccer, hockey or motocross, like it's training, it's eating, it's giving up, you know, not partying. I want to just Go to school, like go to the, parties. Like like, I like the I like the good life. I still like the good I do life. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously, we're sitting here with our dad bods, like all like uh, you know. There's a six pack somewhere. It's it's somewhere in there. Oh, it's, it's under. It's under some. <laughs> yeah, stuff. I mean, I saw a picture of it from like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God. oh, that one. That, one. <laughs> that picture from twenty five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Twenty five. Oh, man, years I was ago. in shape back then. Yeah. Where are we all? Where so, are we all? It sounds like a really cool, idyllic childhood where you were just kind of living the, in the Canadian forest almost. It was cool, yeah, it, it, which has kind of screwed me up for the way I want to raise my kids because I want to give them that type of upbringing, which is difficult now that I live in California. Isn't it weird, too? Like, you grew up, I'm, the, I'm probably the same as, like, how much my parents earned. Like they didn't have a ton of money. We were probably middle to lower middle class. And my we, parents were making like thirty grand a year. But I never wanted anything. No, I don't remember nothing. like needing anything from my childhood. Never. Did, no, because we I don't know about you, but we went camping, we went fishing, we went hiking, we went backpacking. Yeah. It was family. You were you guys were you guys, you were a unit probably. We didn't I mean, honestly, we went to dinner once a year. That's it. I just once told somebody that the other day. We eat out a few times a week. Oh, we eat out all weed. All the time. All the time. We ate out as a kid. We went, it was a huge, we would go to the China Dragon and it was a Ooh. big deal in Hooksit, New Hampshire. And it was like, oh, we're going out. It was, yeah, it was but like it's huge. like a thing. Oh, it was huge. And I'm looking back and my father would gripe, we're paying for this meal. I can't believe yeah, I'm paying like this much. Yeah, it's like 4 Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like losing his mind. Right. And, and now, now we do it, like we spend 100 or 130 pay, bucks at sushi yeah. twice a week. And Isn't I'm like, this is insane. This is insane. The money we spend and the kids. But they don't even understand. Any better. They don't even oh, understand. My daughters, everything's on TV. Hey, buy that for me. No, I'm not buying that for you. Hi, no, I'm not buying that for you. Yeah. It's garbage. Yeah, no, I saw I saw it on YouTube, Daddy. This one changes colors. I'm like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> well, for somebody to come from that, and then all of a sudden you you're traveling the world as as a as a motorcycle guy. Um, and you're doing races. You obviously don't want. You're like, I don't really want to be number one. I just want to be in the pack, make yeah. some money. Were exactly. you, were you, did you get sponsorship deals? Yeah. And, and would you make some money from earnings? Yeah, I made I, I made decent money as a. I, mean, I I just survived as a racer when I switched to freestyle motocross. Right. That's when I kind of became you know went from like a top forty guy to more like a top ten guy. And freestyle was, you know, the tricks and all that stuff where you didn't have to train. You just so the had first one balls. is just you're going around a track. Yeah, you're going track, the track jumps, still has like jumps, jumps and all that stuff. You almost don't want to be in the air. Yeah, you want to stay on the ground hauling That's ass. how you go fast. Yeah, right? and then freestyle was like you'd have two minutes on some kind of a closed course where there's massive jumps and ramps and you'd be doing Supermans or Can-Cans. Or just do whatever crazy shit you You do whatever crazy up. shit you can do for two minutes and the, you get judged and the crazier you were back then the better you scored, which was good for me because I could just go out and do some dumb and shit. And that's when the real injuries started to happen. That's, yeah, the injuries, and but then I also happened to be pretty good at that. So then I got sponsored by KTM, which was out of Austria, and then instead of going the route that most of my friends were going, which was you know just X Games and all that stuff, I started riding in Europe because you got start money instead of just prize money. And if I would have gone somewhere always and got get like... A, always get paid get up the, front. Get the guarantee. But the thing about Europe is you didn't even have to win. You won if you were just a psycho and just did crazy shit. Right. So I would just... I'd party so hard the night, night. They wouldn't even remember how I rode the next day because they're like, Andy Bell. I got the nickname Hasselhoff because my riding career was the same as Hasselhoff's singing career. I was only famous in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so true. And it wasn't even for the racing. It was more for the craziness. It was just the craziness. It was like what I did at the bar the night before. What basically. would you do at the bar the night before? Probably some of the stuff I probably can't say do on you, here. But... You totally can. You, already, you should, I've told all my crazy stories. And I wasn't racing motorcycles. I was just living life. And I still was like the last guy at the party. It was just always. Shit. I mean, I had a penchant for getting naked. I loved it. I got naked a lot. Of course. Um, I mean, you're naked right now. It's Well, no, I'm porky pigging it. I just have no pants on. I have a porky. shirt on. <laughs> it's porky. I never heard that. That's I love it. My daughter that's, does the porky pig all the time. All the time. I turn around, she's got no diaper on, but just shirt. And I'm like, yeah, yes. That's, that's the porky that. pig. Watch, por- look up porky pig. You'll see. Only ever has a shirt on. <laughs> no, it was about, it was just about like the show. So I go out and do wheelies or go crash and like throw the bike away or do something crazy and like run into the crowd and strip my stuff off and people would be like ah I wouldn't realize he I did like the lamest to win yeah. the race <laughs> they didn't even know that I like <laughs> did the lamest trick of all time you know because <laughs> I would just make up for that with just the whole like the show but that is I mean the problem is nowadays that is the truth because the people who are like the biggest Instagram accounts or whatever yeah, the people who know how to put on a show it's it's the show and I just you know I found out that going to Europe and doing that I was making more money than 99% of the guys that were even better riders than right. me but they were like doing were they mad at that they were I don't think they were mad because I would also because then I got to be friends with all the European promoters and right. then you know like if a Euro guy would come ride one of our contests everyone else would be like oh there's Euro guys here and like a ignore him and then i'd like go over and make friends with him and his manager yeah and then when they went back to italy or wherever they were from and they needed american or something to come ride canadian come ride who would they call they called not the 11 guys that were dicks to him like right. me but that's, that's how i kind of got in and that's it's the, the canadian, canadian yeah, in him, right true. everybody why is everybody from canada really nice you mean he got ahead by being nice to people yes it's so it wouldn't work today it, it's, it would never work today how do you get by in los angeles for crying out I know it's hard. My wife, trip, my wife age. trips out. My wife is like, "How did I not discover like Canadians before?" They're She's good like, people. You guys are so nice. She's what like, do you "You're think so it is nice." Growing up up there, why is it? Why is it that Michael J. Fox and <laughs> the SCTV and uh, I don't all, know. Everyone, every time I meet people from Canada, they're like, "Hey, how are you?" It's just a nice, polite place. It it is, and I I don't know what it is, and I think there's a lot of nice, polite people in America too. It just don't seem to find them a lot in Did you get into brawls as a kid? Oh, like as a young adult going to the bar, yeah, lots of bar oh, fights. Oh, well, what's the alcohol? Like bar fights. Yeah, bar fights, yes. Alcohol. But, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, it's not like everyone walks around just like, oh, how you doing today? Oh, super well. Thanks for like asking. That. But, you know, there is like a core value system. It seems it's maybe a little more right. stringent up there. So I don't know. I don't know. But people from Canada are usually What did your dad nice. think at the point where you're like, hey, I'm going to Europe. I'm driving. I'm just biking in Europe and drinking my ass off and trying to have as much sex as humanly possible. I think he thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he was both him and my mom were also ski instructors. So they had taught skiing in Austria and stuff back in the early years. And and so they loved Europe. And so they're like crazy like, hey, outdoor yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh, sweet. You're going to, you're going to ride in Vienna. We taught skiing at like this place or go to Val d'Isere. We, we hung out there for a winter, you know, so they they were, yeah. What a great lifestyle into- they have where they're not really confined by draft of like, like my father was like, well, I, I would love to go do all these things, but I have a full-time job. And they were like, well, we kind of make our own living. Yeah, it was definitely, but like I said, that made me realize I didn't want to not be able to do that with my children because right. I think that's, because I really liked the way I grew up. Right. So, now I always try to figure out how to do more of that with my kids. And L.A. is just not really conducive to that. No. And people do it, which and people that I sort of know do it much better than me. Right. But I don't have a friend group that really, by not growing up here, I don't know where to go, which is like kind of holds me back sometime from like, oh, let's just go up to Kern Valley and like go camping. But because I'm not from here, I don't know where to go. And then I just like. Don't do it. Does your wife like to camp? Um, she's going to. I'm not a camper. We don't have to. I mean, and it was, and it was, I was like, oh, you want to sleep in a tent? No, man, there's a hotel like two miles down the yeah, road. Yeah, that's definitely my bed. wife's attitude. Yeah, but she also loves though. going to, to Canada. And I spent a lot of time in Park City, or we spent a lot of time in Park City because I used to live up there. Right. And so she like, 
she gets it. She gets that door thing and why it's important, and she's she's into it. I think. So did a bunch of other guys jump from the racing to the freestyle? Yeah, the that was the first the first wave of freestyle guys. Was I mean, all honestly, it like feels that. like was that the origins of the sport? Yeah, it came from racing. It came from like in the middle of a race, so there would be a jump, some... and a guy would do something, and the crowd would go wild, and it, and you'll you know, do more of that. And then it just became a thing. That's how I started. Was at the races when I was racing, the promoter would pay me fifty bucks to go like hit the big jump on the track at halftime, and like do a couple tricks. And then I'd race after right. lunch again, you know. How did you start doing tricks? Were you just just doing it, and you're like just day. seeing just seeing on video, seeing it on, you know, or it's not video. We what tricks did you create? One. What is it? The uh, Canadian Saran wrap. <laughs> 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 All right, well, hold on. Don't say anything, Andy. You, we, each of us will t- will dictate what we think the Canadian Saran wrap is. <laughs> you go first. I got. I'm gonna say he's he's nude. He's he's Porky Pig in it. He's got no pants, and he has saran wrapped his junk around. He put saran wrap around his body to kind of compress his junk, and then he rides around and he does a Superman in it. I think, well, I know none of this stuff, but I think he puts up the Canadian flag and does 360 around <laughs> it. I love what people say. They go, uh, they go. I really changed my opinion on that. I've I've changed 360 degrees. No, so you, you changed 180. Right. So, you, so, 180. So, so you're back. Yeah. So we we crack people in the All same. Right. Type so of 360. Thing. He does a 360 around the Canadian flag. Naked. There's got to be nudity involved in something. I don't think there's nakedness involved in this. If he invented it and other people want to copy it, I don't think the nakedness is part That's of the true. deal. That's true. There was a lot of weird trick names in motocross that came from BMX, and there's shit like the candy bar, the knack knack, the can can, the saran wrap. All this weird stuff. But so everyone always bugged me about doing things backwards because I was Canadian. So a saran wrap would be you would put your leg through the bars, let go with this hand and bring it around. So Canadian saran wrap was just like a backwards saran wrap. <laughs> it was just kind of making fun of my American friends. So you're in the air. You go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let go of the handlebars. All this yes. has proved is that we know nothing about this sport. I honestly, every time I watch it, I'm like, it's, it's, it scares me to watch it. It's gone so crazy. Just like every sport right getting, now. I mean, the ski-mobile one is crazy. Those guys are getting killed. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've lost over 10 friends in the last four years that were professional motocross and freestyle guys. From Just, doing a crazy trick. Not always. Not always a crazy trick. I mean, some two of them have died in Baja, like, you know, just riding right. like fast down there. Some of them have been doing massive jumps. Some of them have been doing big tricks. Yeah. Like, it's just... All these sports have progressed so far because everyone can sit and watch it on YouTube. Right. Back in the day, there'd be a new trick would come out once or twice a year, like in my day. Right. And it'd be like, holy shit, someone just did something new. Now it's on Instagram instantly, and the level is just, you know, what used to be the level. Right. Is now up here, so but the guys just, have to keep topping it. Is what yes, you're and it just keeps keeps topping it. But the availability of everyone watching it is just—it's like this frenzy of, you know, and snowboarding and skateboarding, and yeah. and even you know we were watching baseball came on the other night. I don't know what was it. Oh, sailing was on, just randomly on the TV this weekend. And my wife like looked up. She's like, "When did sailors get hot and ripped?" She's like, it's like baseball players. Like, what happened to like fat old men? And now they're all like hot and ripped, like young guys. Because they're a brand. Everybody's a brand. And at the end of the day, it's. This is why you asked me this morning, why are you so hot and ripped, Andy? And I said, well, I'm the brand. Uh, I meant, meant overheat. You look, you were sweating and ripped. uh, You ripped pants. My shirt. Yeah, your shirt was ripped. Yeah. Um, I saw skateboards where the kids. Back in my day, it was like if you could do like a wheelie on two wheels, I was like, they got them. That That guy can skate. Now the kid. I don't even know how they do it. They kick, flip it. The, the board flips three times. Yeah. They land. You're like, how is that mathematically possible? It's just every one of these sports is just progressed so far. How many flips is the latest? Three. It's, three. it's still three. Nobody's. It's some guy somewhere trying to craft a four flip. I don't know. You'd I mean, have to jump five Travis, stories to do it. Travis has the setup, like where our buddy Josh Sheehan did the triple backflip. Right. Like he's got the setup for that, but. I mean, I don't see it going to four, but I also said I didn't see it to go into two or three. Actually, I said I didn't see it going to one, and then I, I said I didn't see it going to two. <laughs> so basically, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I'm a bad person to ask that dude anything had the about. Balls the first time to go. 
you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip this bike. Yeah. Well, and it came from had, BMX. Had you even thought it? Were people talking about yeah, it before? Yeah, people have been talking about it they for a couple said, years. Somebody can do it. Well, because BMX guys could do it. And if you could do it on a BMX bike, why couldn't you do it oh, on, on a, a motocross? Bicycle. A bicycle, yes. Right. So if you do it on a bicycle, and like a lot of the guys, like TJ Lavin is a good friend of ours from Vegas, and he was one of the top guys. Yeah. And then him and Kerry Hart was one of his good friends. Right. They rode together a lot. And so they both kind of like, hey, I think this could be possible. Here's what it would take. But it was like two years of could you, couldn't you, could you, couldn't you. And like, I mean, does the, the, it feels like the jump has to be at the right shape. The landing point has to be perfect. All, all those things were thought back in the day, yes. Now people could backflip off. I mean, like this did water people bottle. try it before the first guy did it who didn't make it? And yeah, really guys, guys tried it to water. Guys like back in the 80s, like. You know, it was a thing that people thought, but no one really took it to dirt well into or like that called it like a make till Hart did it. It was like in Providence, Rhode Island at Gravity Games. Was it an X game? Oh, it was Gravity Games. Gravity Games. Games. I, I remember seeing the clip where I was like, did that dude just flip a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah I was I was there. I was riding, like I was in that contest. And Is that we, right? I remember sitting up there on the thing, like sick to my, it was not like Carrie was my best friend or anything, but you know, I knew Carrie it's well. And it, I was shitting my pants for him right i was like is this dude really gonna do this it was crazy and he landed it first time he i i'll call it i call it a make some people argue it he like landed really hard blew his foot off kind of like wrestled the bike to the ground over there but he he flipped he, the bike he flipped the bike went so high it was crazy i mean i call it i People like argue that till the end right. of time. Did he make it? Did he not? Well, fuck. Who cares? Did you, he did it. And you've you've ended. How many flips have you done? Just one. I've done like probably ten or twelve flips. And just I kind of like one, retired. Yeah, I have no interest. I've I can double flip a bicycle to a foam pit, but I have no interest. Did you crash doing the flip? Um, I I crashed really hard once, and then landed my next. Two. What's the worst injury you've had? compound tib fib out of my skin out of my boot right here <laughs> oh my so god look at the both, scar oh both, jesus both bones came both bones came out of the skin out of my boot into the dirt <laughs> <laughs> i love that you're laughing yeah like, that ow. one sucked that sucked that was in 2001. I broke both my legs in 99 at the same time, but that wasn't nearly as bad because it wasn't, I was in a wheelchair for six weeks, but I wasn't out of the skin. Like, and I always wondered, like you saw that old Joe Theismann like injury, That's, you know, when he breaks his, compounds his leg. And I was always like, God, I broken a lot of bones at that point. And you're always like, oh, would that hurt a lot more? Compound is like a whole nother level. Does when air just, touches. Did you go shock? Um, not enough, unfortunately. Not enough. Shock Somebody... is a welcome thing to go into. When you're in that much pain, shock is a great thing. No, because I was in Canada. I had just got home from some contest in Vegas. I went to hit a jump, and no one was around to ride. So I asked my mom, I'm like, hey, could you just come like watch me ride just in case I crash? Just, you know, someone can call that 911 or some shit. And I go out, and I was in too much of a hurry. It was getting dark. I went to hit the jump. My bike, bleh, like, and so I flew 90 feet without my bike shattered my leg and so i was laying there and my mom's like freaking out she's like what do i do call the ambulance i'm like do not and we live in a small town right. really small town so i'm like don't call the ambulance load me in the back of the truck and she had like a jeep cherokee your foot's hanging on by skin yeah nothing like, else me, is holding it together nothing and i'm like get me to the hospital because if you call an ambulance it has to drive from the hospital which is 25 minutes away has to find us and we were in a weird spot right. and then it has to take me back i'm like screw that drive me to the hospital were the people at the hospital like, what the, f holy yeah, so shit. I'm like in the back. Well, I still have my boots on, like big motocross boots. They're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I, I compounded my left leg and I think I broke my right ankle. They're like, you can't know that. I'm like, yeah. well, I have blood in my boot, which means that the bones came out of the skin. <laughs> like, yes, I know this. Dude, I get I know nauseous this. just talking about it. It is terrible. And then that night in the hospital, they couldn't do surgery till the next morning. And finally, I got morphine and stuff, which was heaven. And then they got the boot off and saw, yes, it was compound. And You were smart enough at least not to take your boot off. Yeah. They didn't take the boot off till the next day? No, they took it off oh. after I had morphine. Oh, oh, oh. Thank God. I was going to say, did they cut it off? Or just, yeah, uh, they, uh, cut, uh, they uh, cut it off. Oh, but I was laying dude. there in the middle of the night, and my girlfriend at the time wakes me up. She's like, 
Andy, Andy, your leg's hanging off the bed. And I remember being all stoned on morphine. I looked down and my leg took a 90 degree right like halfway down my shin and was actually hanging off the bed like at a 90 degree (laughs) by the skin skin. because there's nothing there's nothing to hold it it's just like muscle and skin so it's like this big around like the size of a quarter and it was like spewing blood and i remember looking at i'm like i don't know it looks okay to me Dude, you are crazy. <laughs> is it just uh, there bolts and plates and you know what? I, I've had a bunch of stuff in it, but it's all been taken out now. So it any works screws okay. in your body? It's all out. It's all out. It's all out. I've had a bunch, but yeah, they. I mean, and you, you, I, I'm not sure I would ever ride again. You know, when that's it was really the only thing I was kind of good at. So that's what's up. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, else I I wasn't, yeah, it's like, this is my thing, but I liked it. And How so did you like monetarily, you're out of work for what a, a year. Uh, I started, I wrote again three months later and compounded it again within half an hour. of being on the bike. What? Wait, back up. Yeah. What the? You f- broke it in the well, same place again? I wasn't supposed to be riding. I had this no. huge hole in my leg, so I duct taped a piece of wood to my uh, leg as a splint. <laughs> and you have a child. Jam, well, now I now, I mean, well, now I'm, saying, I'm super smart. This is how... <laughs> <laughs> now I'm super smart. I got smart. I finally got smart. I got smart. a lot smarter. So, so, and then I jammed my foot into my boot, and we were out filming some, some old motocross movie called Global Addiction, and I crashed and broke rebroke my leg which turned out to be a good thing because there was so much bone infection in this my leg that they had to clean all this crazy shit out of my leg and i got life flighted out and because it was bleeding once again pretty bad and i got life flighted to the hospital and blah blah, blah. and then yeah i was out another yada yada, yada yeah you know yada, yada. so anyway it was uh, it was uh, a lot of injuries back in those was days. Was this during the Nitro Circus? Was, that this was before. before. That's right? even before. That was That's like so crazy, dude. Yeah, and then yeah. that you go, yeah, I'm going to continue with this. You know, it's just one of those things you don't you don't really think about it until a point. And then no, you no, think I, you, I would think it. about it. No, right? no, Andy, I'm, I'm pretty much <laughs> thinking about it nonstop at this point. Yeah, but you're old now. Would you have a 25? Uh, well, I almost yeah, I, I flipped a bike on the freeway, and I was I I didn't ride it much after that. Yeah, well, then you're. I just look at me. I'm not that smart. No, Andy, I mean, I'm starting to get that. I'm, to get that. <laughs> I, I'm not that smart. So yeah, you have to be. I see the guys in Jackass, and you're like, but you know, they monetized it, and yeah, I mean, no it didn't. Do it. That stuff never really, you know, everyone you have thinks a high when, pain tolerance. It feels like yeah, pretty pretty well. Everyone. The funny thing is, and you probably get this all the time because you're on TV. They think you're rich because you're on TV. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I you're saw you in that rich. commercial. Where's your house in the hills? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you know how this works, but yeah. So I, um, yeah. People always have this assumption that you get rich from I'm from that stuff, shattering your body. Don't, don't Talk really. about the Nitro Circus because that was kind of a big deal. I mean, you guys were huge, really big, was, and really cool, and you traveled and just. We had a lot of fun, and yeah. it, it was really cool because the six of us, like Pastrana, who's basically been my my little brother since he I met him when he was thirteen, right. and and he's always kind of been like honestly like it's been like a little brother big brother relationship, and then Jolene and Jim and all these guys, all the Roner, um, we just it we had this chemistry, right. and we were all really good at doing dumb shit. and yeah, it did really well on MTV, and you know Knoxville and Tremaine kind of knew how to. Not exploit it, but put it together in a package that was appealing to a mass audience. And right. the, the show killed it for a couple killed of years. Killed it. Killed it. But it huge. once again, it's unscripted reality. So right. I mean, we got our shitty pay per episode. Yeah. And like that was that was it. But it was fun. Like we we weren't doing it to make money. We were doing it because we were doing it. We were doing it anyway. If that was going on nowadays, you guys would have huge Instagram. You'd be monetizing we, it in so many in other ways, ways that weren't available then. There, you'd add like two zeros to our paycheks Easily. if it was eight years later. Later. And you'd be doing ads on Instagram or yeah. whatever, and you, you know, we know people with huge numbers, and yeah. they're mon- that's how they monetize. It's and- a completely different world now. We were just a little too early for that, but it was fun. We had a blast. Yeah, we traveled around and did fun shit together. So really, that's that's what we got out of it. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome and made a lot of inroads. You know, it helped. Well, and now you do basically your company, Sweatpants Media. That's what you guys you're you're a filmmaking company, right? You do yeah. projects and you film stuff, and it it was because of that that kind of launched you into that world. And talk about some of the the projects that you guys have shot. Well, that's I think for me when I stopped doing Nitro because I was getting old and beat up and stuff. <laughs> 
I knew I needed to do something for a living. And I'd been around production as talent for a long time. And I kind of realized that no one ever knows what the hell is going on in production. And I had an epiphany that I can be the guy that doesn't know what the hell's going on on production. <laughs> if, that idiot, if that idiot could be president, like, maybe I can. Be, that's the, honest that's the to God, that, I, that's yeah, yeah. the way I felt. That's so, right. you know, I uh, took a, a year, but then I just started a production company and I figured it out. And you've traveled the whole out. world just shooting around the world. Yeah, we, we shoot a lot of stuff around the world. We do, I mean, a lot of branded content and commercials. Toyota is our biggest client. We do a lot of fun stuff with them. Yeah. And I get to double duty a little bit as talent and produce, executive producer yeah. on the Toyota stuff. Like, you know, raced the Baja 1000 a couple of years ago for the introduction of a truck and one stock class in at that. Yeah. And, and then we got to film it as well. And, you know, we just did a big project in Vietnam for Toyota. And then we got another big one. And then another one in Cuba we just did for Toyota Tires and Monster Energy. So, like, we get to do some fun stuff. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. And I get Everyone calls it branded content now. It's always been branded content. It's always been. They talk to Kirk Douglas and they go, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I sell soap. Yeah. Which is the truth. Back in the day, it's a film and TV was basically to just sell products. Just sell and without product. it. Yeah. It's yeah. all the same thing. It's just, it's in the new world, like we're talking about with the kids getting so good at that what they do yeah you know it's it's all this media is being consumed differently look we're doing a podcast i, I mean know. i i know i can't lie i've never listened to one podcast in my life i haven't <laughs> i i mean i haven't i mean but i'm old i mean I i'm like I don't but know you didn't watch tv either you're yeah not, i'm not, not a it's not your world I, I go and do stuff I, i'd shit. rather yeah, yeah. be in the garage building something with my daughter or like you know, we'll talk about that or, now because I see a lot of your posts and it's, I mean, how has, were you always knew you wanted to be a dad or did you meet the yeah. right woman? And, and for, for me, I always wanted to be a dad from a young age. I always wanted to have yeah. kids because I had so much fun with my family right. that I wanted to experience that. So luckily I waited till I feel like the right time. I mean, we're older. I'm 41 and my wife's 46. Um, so we, and she's we have a, a one year old. I, I always love cougars. Yeah. I, I, I was always, a they know what lover. they're doing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't true. know what that came out. No, of. That's it's, it's true though. But yeah, I always wanted that. And so I think later in life, it's easier to have kids when, you know, on Friday night, if you're not worried about your buddies going out drinking and you're watching frozen for the 400th time right. and you're okay with it. And that's, that's the, that's the caveat. Once you, that you have to say that sense, and if you're okay with it, you're ready to be a dad. Yes, and because I'm the same, I love it. My friends are like, "Hey, we're going out." I go, "I did that. I'm done with yeah. it." Yeah, I drank, and I'm, I'm I don't need it anymore. And now I like it once in a blue moon, of course, to go out with my friends. But I'd much rather hang with the kids yeah, at home. I just I just hang out, fort. and you know, if yeah, exactly. And if they go to bed and sit on the porch and ha- have a whiskey and a yeah. cigar, like yeah. I, I'm down. But I don't, you know, but I don't know if that was me at 25. Yeah, you know, because well, talk I was, about having your daughter come into the world and and how it changed you. Well, it's it. I think the biggest thing it did, other than showing you love that you never thought you could have, was it it gives you a different respect for your parents in a different way. You're like, if my dad or my mom loves me one one millionth as much as I love this little fucker, I know. I have to look at them in a different light. And I always had a good relationship with my family, but it even change it more like when my dad would annoy me or my mom would annoy me i like i brush it off way more than i did five years ago yeah because i'm like god you you understand and my my parents always said that like oh you'll never understand love until you have a child no, and you're like words. whatever yeah. rah, 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 yeah, you're stupid you know. you're old and then you're like shit you're so right yeah so that you know having a little family unit i, I mean i'm like you yeah, got i got two girls one, you know, 16 months and four and a half. And it is just We're really similar. Yeah. It's so fun and so awesome. And they just, you know, my older daughter is just like, she's mini me. Thankfully she looks like my wife, but she just, she jumps off a of shit. She loves to make people laugh. Now, Do you see it from your father? Are you scared when you watch her or you're like, ah, she'll be okay. Um, I don't push her to do stuff really, but I'm like, it should be okay. Like, I mean, you know, I've seen her jump off some a roof before, like an 18-foot roof over. Sorry, like, what? With me, I mean, into a pool. <laughs> into, into a pool. Um, 18 feet. At, at four years old, no, she jumped that, at like two and a half. 
And I, I, I've got some funny videos of her. She, she launches jumped 18 off shit. feet into a pool. At you know, two this and is half. being sent yeah. straight to child services. services. <laughs> I was holding her hand, and you see in the video, she jumps first. I mean, she's a psycho. She's a psycho. No emergency and, room visits yet? Um, not for, well, I don't know if you remember, when we were doing that Man Up show, oh, yes. she, she was one and got a staph infection yeah. and ended up having surgery. I was slept one hour a night for three yep. nights while, while we were, we're doing shooting. that show right. in a hospital chair. And then I'd like drive back two and a half hours in to the middle of nowhere BFE where we were. I mean, I seriously, and the was producers on were like, oh, I can't believe Andy's I go, dude, his, he's with his kid. What's wrong with you? Are you lunatic? Yeah, it was, it was gnarly. That yeah. that was, yeah, it's scary. It's really scary. When your kid gets sick is just like another level of, and the thing I don't think you're ready for as a parent is when you realize that for the next, Seven, 60 years or 40 years, however long you're alive, you're going to worry about those little bastards. Like, you're scared. You're scared. Now do you start to see... I mean, think about what your parents must have thought oh, when you were in Europe. I can't imagine. And they'd see, like, crazy shit about you naked in a bar. And, I, I can't or, imagine. Or when you were 15, driving like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And I feel... I do feel bad. I've apologized to my mom a few times. I, I apologized like, to I, my parents. I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And she's like, yeah, you get it now. But you can't get it until you have kids. And then you go, oh, yeah. But, we, yeah, and we were taught... Oh, look, my mom's calling right now. I should... <laughs> <laughs> she must hear me talking shit about her. She's, her, her <laughs> are we ears, broadcasting right her now? Ears are burning. She's like, I know that bell thing. And my wife and I were talking about it this weekend because one of my good friends and his wife and his wife is really high strung with two kids. Is we're like, if you don't have a sense of humor, you are fucked. You're having fine. kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like my one, my young daughter was up for two hours last night in the middle of the night because she's all stuffed up and can't breathe and stuff. And I was like. If you can't like laugh that you're snapping at each other or you're pissed off or whatever, like you're gonna just make your life hell. We're planning a crazy trip this weekend. We're going back to see my family in Boston, and like last night, we spent an hour booking the hotel room and and a car. And you have to get you have to rent two car seats rent for car. extra thirty bucks a day times two times four days. And in the and we're, at the end, we were like, all right, let's just try. To have a great attitude for this, because otherwise we're already miserable. You're already miserable. And we haven't even left yet. Yeah, yeah. We did that. We were out in New York. We were shooting something in New York a couple, like a month or two ago. And my wife's like, "Oh, I want to take the kids to New York." I'm like, "We have a one year old and a four year old." That's what we just like. We're similar. Just don't like not Manhattan with like <laughs> like no. She's like, "Yeah, we'll bring my mom." I'm like, "Oh, that's gonna help." Like that just like. So of course she won. I'm like, this is just not. I'm like, I see you have a vision of your head of what you want a five-day New York City trip to be. It's not going to be that. And we argued the whole time. Yeah. It was hell. It was so difficult because our 16-month-old, she just wants to be down and running and breaking shit. Yeah, which is great in the middle of Manhattan. Which is great. Yeah, right. I mean, at our house or like at the beach or whatever. It's yeah. great. Manhattan. And you can't get anywhere. You have to take the kid on the subway because you can't take a cab because there's no car yes. seat. You're, you're trapped. You have a stroller. You can't get across the intersections. It's brutal. You can't get down the, the street. It was hell. I, my wife did apologize to me when we got home. She's like, you were right. We did, we I was did. like, I know I was right. We do the I, exact same thing. I was like, I told you the I whole time. I told you how this was going to play, and you won't God. listen to me. But if you don't have a sense of humor, you will die with children. I Well, I, I'm a comic. I have a huge sense of humor in my wife's. Yeah, to the to the degree when we go out to parties sometimes, she's like, just keep your mouth shut, man. Nobody just wants to hear your jokes. Just don't talk. Yeah, because she knows I'm just, I make a joke about everything, and she's not. Yeah, everything's she's, she's se not serious to her, and I'm like, "What are you? What are you I go, this is this. This is great material. This is great. <laughs> and also, like one day something really bad, like the staph infection. Of course, that's oh. terrifying. But the rest of it, it's like, come on, man, this isn't. There's Pass nothing it. bad. Right. Just get through it. Put you your just, head down and 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 motor through it. Yeah, get through it. I got to I'll show you my wife. So my wife was pretty sure. Um, well, first of all, our first daughter Charlie. All right, we're looking at pictures on a podcast. Um, I don't know how. Can you explain? She was so, sure it was it we, was Chris Farley. We might have to. Oh, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> so split. your daughter looks like Chris Farley. Yeah. And so you posted that, and your wife goes, "That's the worst thing you could have ever." No, done. No, no, she she did that. Oh, she. My did wife that. did that. That's what oh. I'm saying. We're in the right. We're in the right spot. So we're sitting in the sonogram place. So wait, this um, is, for everyone who's listening. This is a picture. Your your wife took wife a picture of Chris Farley and next to your one year old. Yep. As a baby. 
photo collage them to show exactly split screen. Split screen it. Yeah. Yeah. Done so everyone's done it with their kids. Look at, yeah. at pictures, and so your but kid I looks have like to, you know, what I'm saying is she actually has a sense of humor. So we're getting our sonogram for our second daughter and she looked small or something. I don't know. My wife didn't know. She's like, and I could tell my wife is freaked out of midgets. So I'm, I'm watching her dance around the subject with a sonogram chick. She's like, so is there ways to tell like, if your child is like giant and I like reading through her, like, I'm like, you want to ask if it's a midget, but you won't, way. you won't. So <laughs> like, I can, I'm like looking at her and she's trying not to smile. And then the lady's like, yeah, we totally can tell if like proportion, this and that. So because she was so freaked out and the reason for her asking this question is she thought based on the 3d sonogram that we got, she was 100% she was having Gary Coleman. Okay, so we're, I'm looking at a 3D sonogram, and there's another photo collage, uh, and you've, you've taken the, the sonogram and, and photo collaged it with uh, Gary... Um, what, what's, Coleman. Yeah, Gary Coleman, Gary Coleman's face. So, so your wife... So my wife did that, too, just so you know. This is not me. This is her. I love that most, most women are like, God, I hope the kids come out, you know, 10 toes, 10 fingers, and your wife's like... Boy, I hope dwarfism isn't involved. She's basically here. asked a sonogram. If that was, she was her fear, a... not Down syndrome. No, not am I having Mongoloid. a midget? Am I having Gary Coleman? Yeah. Basically, am I having a dwarf? <laughs> Did, why is is there dwarfism in her family? No, no, she's just dumb. Well, no, it's it's my wife. Here's what happened. She read a story online about some woman in Oklahoma. Who had no idea and at the last second gave like that's that's what my wife does. She finds the one story that oh, she is. She went to pee and like had a yeah. baby in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes ah, exactly. I didn't, know I I didn't even know I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my wife will read the one story on Earth about something and then she'll that'll be that fear will she'll obsess over for two weeks about like Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. A, oh, when the when the uh, what's it the Zika virus came. Oh out, yeah. My wife was like. She'd never even been out of the country, and she was like, I, I think I have it. Here's all the symptoms. I'm tired. I had a mosquito bite a couple years ago. I'm pretty sure I have Zika. She thought she had Zika. I was like, you don't have, you don't have Zika. She goes, what if I have Zika, and the baby comes out with a Zika virus? But my wife for weeks was like terrified sure. of Zika. Oh, my god! She thought for sure she had it. I'm like, A, you're not even pregnant. We're not really planning any more kids just yet, and you're already like obsessing about the crazy shit. Yeah, that's well, what they I think do. they could hang out because Gary Coleman and Zika. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> do you think your daughter is gonna? I mean, if she's this crazy now, that's my fear. I have two redheaded kids, and I always know the redheaded chick in high school was the lunatic who set the gym on fire. Yeah, and so I can already see it coming. They love me now. They come running, Daddy, I love you so much. And in, in a few years, they're gonna be like, Dad, go yourself and get away from yeah it. that that's scary i i mean I, I, that makes me sad to go like one day those kids are gonna be yeah and you think about that when you were a little little boy your parents must have been like oh my god look at our beautiful child and then all of a sudden he's off naked I'll, boozing in i'll Europe. never forget one time i was like 12 and was mowing a lawn at the neighbor's house to make money and my dad got home from somewhere and he like I don't know. He was just said something. It was yelled at me or something. And I was over there talking to my buddy, and I learned a good lesson in life was when you're at the source of the noise, and you're talking loud to talk over the noise. What you say carries with the noise. And I'm like, I talking to my buddy, and I'm like, God, my dad's always an asshole when he gets home from trips. And my dad's like across the street. He walks over. He's like, What? <laughs> I'm like, like you know, I'm trying to talk over the lawnmower, not realizing. <laughs> <laughs> you know I can hear you, you idiot, right? <laughs> I'll never forget. I was like 11 or 12, and it's burned in my brain to always don't yell. Probably, probably talking, burned in his, too. Life, he's like, oh, I'm just an asshole. Don't worry about Basically, it. Yeah, yes. nev they never let you forget that thing. That's hilarious. All right, let me uh, uh, ask a couple questions to kind of wrap things up. Uh, what are some traits that you hope your kids get from you? Wow. Um, you can start with your wife first. What are some traits you hope your kids get from your wife? She's a, she's a nice person. She, she's a nice person. She's a hard worker. So I hope the hard work, you know, she works hard. Okay. You know, she's a total dick sometimes. So I, I hope they get, you know, they don't the get Canadian that side. The Canadian side of you? I hope they get the Canadian the side. You know, for, for me, her. I think a little bit of fearlessness is good. 
I think so too. I think a little bit. Scare, yeah, but compound yeah. fractures in the ankles are not great. Andy. Yeah, they're I, not great. I definitely. I, I don't push my kids to do anything physical, which is probably holding them back. Like I look at like my friend Travis, his daughters are younger. He's got two daughters that are younger than my oldest and they're like way better on bicycles. They're already doing flips. They're doing shit. And I'm like, God, am I holding back too much? Like, cause I don't want to be the dad that pushes stuff. So I definitely. Do you judge you, your parenting skills against others when you see other people's kids and you go, Oh man, maybe I'm not doing this right. Or do you try I, to learn from it? I feel like before I had kids, I had one, we had one good friends couple who the, the dad who was one of my best friends passed away a couple of years ago. So it's kind of shitty, but we watched them parent when we were young and they were or like, you know, five, eight years ago. We're like, they make us realize we could have kids because we were on a tour in They're Australia. They're the worst parents ever. Well, yeah, we were, well, no, no, not in that way. Just, we were on a tour bus in Australia doing a Nitro Circus live tour with like 50 athletes yeah. on a bus, everyone's partying, whatever. And they had a six month old and he was just getting passed around the bus and he'd hang out with people and then like go to the next person and like we'd be at the bar he'd be asleep like in the in the you know little bucket and or playing buck hunter like strapped to his dad's chest and like but just hanging out like they were still doing stuff right and my wife and i were like okay we can do this that's funny you don't have to sit at home and do nothing like a lot of people do right you know, we're in Australia with the kid. We're in like, you know, we're in Europe with this kid. Like, so they really, so I guess in that way, I don't judge my own parenting, but I'll pick up something if, if there's something I like from someone. Right. I definitely pay attention. The truth is, there's no right answer because you see kids that are perfectly raised and then they go off and do something crazy. And the kid who's grown up with the two worst parents in my in our neighborhoods turned out to be a great kid who just loves sitting home and reading. And for some reason, that kid... You can't you can't guide them into what you want them to do. There's no template. There's no cookie no. cutter. You have to do. I mean, I get the best advice I probably ever got was you know there's no right answer. You're exactly right. There's no right. There's no right way. There's a hundred different ways you could do something that'll make your kid good. We have a slogan: Father knows shit. Because he used to be father knows best. But the truth is, once you get to a certain age, you're like, my dad doesn't have all the answers. And that was a huge awakening for me because I always, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my dad's here. I feel safe. Everything's great. And then as you get to a certain age, you're like, actually, my father, there's a few things he does How, not know. See, I, I talked about this with a friend the other day. Like, I feel that didn't happen till like I was almost 30, though. Like, it 25. Was, was like, you're crazy, old, right? Crazy old. And all you're of a sudden, old when you realize your parents are people. Yeah, where he told, where you're like, he would give you crazy investment stuff and you'd be like, that's actually not what you're supposed to do with your money. And the, and the insurance that you want me to get through USAA, actually, they don't have the best rates. It's t- you didn't make a phone call. <laughs> you just went with that insurance. You go, you got to stay with USAA. They service, service members. And then you get older and you're like, actually, no, these guys have a better rate. This is crazy what you said. You don't, you don't know everything. But you don't learn that for a long time. You think they know everything. And then you do. they don't. Yeah. yeah. What are traits that you hope your kids don't get from you and your wife? No, I don't know. Like, uh, honestly, what's a trait that you have that you hope your kids don't get? I mean, the the maybe the little bit of overzealousness with chasing adrenaline. Maybe they could be a little. They they could be a little calmer. So than no squirrel I was. suits jumping off of but, mountains. Yeah, I mean, I would hope not. But if that's what they're into, like, I'd rather not. But I definitely. I'm just kind of let, letting them figure out what they're into and I'll support it the best I can because, you know, it's, it, I don't have – a lot of dads are like, my dad, my kid is going to be the NHL superstar. He's going to be I hate those a dads. quarterback. Like, what was his name? Todd Marinovich. Exactly. exactly. And I – you know, the crazy thing is I know Todd He just got arrested again. Yes, I uh, saw that, but I know them. His father was like robo, robo his quarterback. His dad is still training. Yeah. He's a dick. Cause he, yeah, he trains like down at Ruka. Yeah. Um. He tra- He was training BJ Penn for a long time. So I knew them a long time before I had any. And I met Todd. Right. I I'm not from here, so I don't know Gary and Todd, other than as Gary and Todd. And then I watched the Marinovich project one time. I'm like, holy shit, that's the dudes from the gym. Yeah. And it was crazy. Crazy, and he's still getting arrested. Yeah, just like, didn't he get arrested in Newport, like naked in someone's backyard? (laughs) Like, with a bag full of meth? Yes, yes, that was exactly (laughs) it. Like, so I definitely don't have any weird... The the harder you press your kids, the more they're going to rebel. I just want them to to try different shit and have fun, and And and, and, you know what, I have zero, like, life map for them. 
I don't have a life map for myself, dude. I'm still hanging <laughs> yeah. on by a thread. So. Obviously, you're doing a podcast in a closet. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, wait, this is the guest bedroom. No. Wait a oh, minute. Wait. Hold on. That's a Murphy bed right there. Well, I always say, because I'm not really a goal-oriented person, and I know you're supposed to like write your goals down and recite them in the mirror, like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me, like all that shit. I like thank God I don't because I'd be making ten grand a month and be driving a yellow Hummer <laughs> <laughs> because that's what my goal was when I was like right. sixteen years old. Right. I know. And like, oh, if I could only make ten grand a month and you know drive a yellow Hummer, my I life would to live be in a set. van. When I was a kid, I was like, man, if I could just get a van, I don't even right. need an apartment. Uh, well, you, well, our last question was, what is your mantra that you would pass on to your kids? But that's it right there. <laughs> There's no just, blueprint. There is none. It just you know what? Like you, everything changes every five years. I mean, I only started my production company five years yeah. ago, and up till then, I thought I was going to be doing night, like backflips on tricycles my whole life. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that a doesn't pay that well, and b hurts a lot. Yeah. And then like who knows in five years, and you know things change. Be okay with change. Be, be okay. okay with change. I like I that. One. I don't Andy, know if that's Andy a mantra, gave that the but... nod of approval. No, that's it. Be adaptable. You have to, especially in this world. Ex- Look, nowadays, you have to be. You're doing a podcast. That's who would right. have thought, like five years ago? No, you, I was like, not. You can't even. People spell offered podcast. me five years ago. I was like, Nah, dude, I have nothing to say. And then finally, I met a bunch of people, and I go, Actually, maybe we do have something to say. So right. Um, Andy Bell, thank you so much for joining us today on Father Time. Um, you have a people if they want to follow you. Yeah, just Instagram. Andy Bell, Insta- at Andy Bell, Instagram. Twitter. I don't use Twitter, but use uh, it. I'll post it with the link to the show cool. to come see you. Thank uh, you. Sweatpants Media. Sweatpants Media. If you ever need a crazy host to go travel around the world, please get me away from my children for just a couple days. That's yes. all I ask. Just, and, and Andy <laughs> will come as baggage. Well, he. I, I mean, I might get him. He's better looking than you. Oh, you son Handsome of is what I he's, am. He, he slid me 10 to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 10? That's the most he's ever paid for anything. Uh, Andy Bell, thank you for joining us. My friend Andy Lerner. Thanks Hot for helping. Hot and ripped. Hot and ripped. You got guy. it. Uh, that's our episode for Thanks, today. Guys. We'll catch you next time here on Father Time.